You're listening to a message from Pastor Kenny Garrett recorded at a live service at the General Baptist Church God's House of Prayer located in Fairborn, Ohio. Be in Romans chapter 1. Stand when you get there. Romans chapter 1. We'll just read one verse this morning. We'll be in verse 16. The Bible says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. Will you bow your heads with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, for all the blessings you bestowed on us down through the week. Um, We pray, Lord, uh, now that you anoint me to preach the message you've given, anoint ears to hear, hearts to understand. Draw us each closer to each other as you draw us closer to yourself, and we will never fail to give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In the month of February, we'll be focusing on evangelism, and I'm sure everyone is very excited to hear that, right? It's probably your favorite topic, evangelism. People of God assembled here together this morning on Vine Street here in Fairborn. And this is the hardest, one of the hardest topics uh, to tackle as followers of Christ. It's how do we share uh, what it is that changed our lives. It, on paper, when you put it into words, it sounds like it should be easy to do, but we find it uh, some of the most challenging and really, that uh, we'll dis- as we get into it this morning, we'll find out how a lot of that's really uh, our problem. Um, so, we. Uh, I'll start first by by telling you uh, a little bit about how this verse plays into us as a people, and we'll discuss some things individually, and then we'll discuss some things corporately. Uh, What we need to be as a people, as the people of God, that we must be motivated, and the roots of evangelism lie in our love for Christ. And that's where it starts, as all things we do uh, does. starts in a love for Christ and His gospel. Uh, We also must be a people that sees other people clearly, and not as superficial views, of what they may look like, their economic status, their race, their gender, uh, but view them as human beings created by God, formed in the womb, each one uniquely designed by their creator. We must be a people that sees the danger in entertainment. Today, as many of you know, Super Bowl Sunday, right? I drove through our city, and I, I saw one church sign that had been changed to Super Bowl party, fun, games, tonight. Now, maybe it's not bad. I don't know, right? But I do know what it says in Romans here. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God unto salvation. 
So we must be a people that displays confidence in the gospel. Not confidence in fun and games and be here tonight for our bouncy house. And my favorite is a, is a church somewhat local where the pastor rode a bull inside the church. And we've talked about that. The Bible's very clear that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Amen. It's very clear that there's power in the gospel. It's why we've said dozens of times that how you draw people in is what you draw them to. There's no surprise here uh, that we are all about Christ. That should be a given to those people around us. But does that confidence in the gospel show in our evangelism? Does anything show in our evangelism? So if we examine ourselves honestly, and we lay out our evangelistic efforts, what would it truly look like? And sharing Facebook and Instagram posts don't count, right? Because that's not exactly real life. But what would our evangelistic efforts total to be? Are we telling people about our faith? Are we telling people about our love for Christ? I'm going to use Brother Jim as our example because we, it's one of the best ones I know of to see these things play out. Several years ago, many years ago, uh, I believe the gentleman's name is James Combs, right? Yes. At one point, James Combs was highly motivated by his love for Christ. That's it. Nothing beyond that. His love for Christ. He was able in whatever situation in, in life he was in to see other people clearly. So as he sees Brother Jim coming and going, he was a neighbor, correct? As he sees Brother Jim coming and going, he doesn't see what he can bring to the church. I don't, I'd highly doubt he knew that he was called to preach. It's possible that, that he was given that information, but I doubt it. He doesn't know anything other than Jim Hartman is a living soul. And he'll dwell for eternity. In one place or another. James Combs realizes that and he sees it. And he knows that there's danger in entertainment, whether he's conscious of that or not. So he doesn't invite Brother Jim to church so that uh, he can sing or play or to see some kind of activity or to hear some kind of dynamic speaker. He doesn't do any of that. He invites Brother Jim to hear the gospel. Amen. Right? So, so James Combs has confidence in the gospel. He takes dead aim at Brother Jim in broad daylight. And I'm sure you've heard Brother Jim testify as to the accounts. Three or four times he comes, three or four times you tell him no. Finally, he shows up with clothes to hand. And the lies had run out, basically, yes, right? Jim can say nothing else, but okay, I'll go. Now, that takes a relationship. You can't just not know anybody, show up at their house with clothes and be like, you're coming with me. And that's not going to work. It requires an investment in time that James, Com James Combs comes to know Brother Jim and Shirley in whatever degree it takes. 
to where he's worked the relationship enough to share that faith and to show up with clothes and to stay with him until the lives run out. And there can be no other answer other than I'm going to church. Brother Jim told me last night that he's working on somebody in very much the same way. Maybe he'll come here. I hope so. Maybe he won't. Maybe he'll go somewhere else. And that's okay too. Right? Because at the end of time, when, when Brother Jim stands in front of his creator, he can tell him about the efforts he made in evangelism. And we, we know, we can rest assured that the outcome doesn't really depend on Brother Jim's efforts. The outcome rests in the power of God. Now, you may think I'm not gifted or called to be as bold as James Combs was way back then or as Brother Jim is right now. And, and I can somewhat agree with you up until a point because that type of uh, personal evangelism uh, does require a certain personality. Uh, so that may not be the formula for you but I promise you that personal evangelism uh, is required of you, Amen. right? In some form or fashion. If when evangelism is rooted in and grounded in the love of Christ, it takes a form. And it takes a gentleness and it's a, a very miraculous thing to watch when it's rooted and grounded in self-righteousness and doing it out of obligation. Uh, it can be crazy to watch. You know, you, I'm, and I'm not talking about every person you meet, you ask, have you heard the good news? You're a filthy sinner, right? You're not going to get very far if that's how the conversation begins. But getting to know people. Building a relationship, one-on-one, -on -one, faithful, week in, week out. Did, did, just from my own curiosity, this transaction that James Combs, it just didn't happen the very first time you met him, right? This played out over weeks, I assume. So there, there's a faithfulness to the effort that little by little, little by little, we share our love in Christ and what he's doing. We rest and are confident in the gospel and the power of God. So we look now this morning, I hope and I'm praying uh, that everybody's personal evangelism increases. But I can't tell you exactly what that looks like for you. I can just tell you to, to rest confidently in the gospel, to um, pray about it, and we'll be there with you. And I, again, I don't know what it looks like. Every situation is going to be different, and every personality involved is going to be different. But I can promise you that you won't be alone, that the Holy Spirit is with you every step of this way, uh, that he's preparing you, preparing the way that you go, and that there's power in the message that you carry. If we look at church-wide evangelism, which is uh, what we're going to start turning up the heat a little bit on, is what we're engaged in collectively. Now, the old days... Uh, it was several years ago, 
But Granny must have been somewhat ill because I was staying at her house. And I only do that when she's had surgery or something like that. And we're sitting there. It's not that late, maybe about 7 o'clock, but it's winter time, So it's already dark outside. And there we sit, and we're watching some show on the television. And you hear, and Granny hollers out, Oh, my goodness, somebody's knocking at the door. I wonder who it is. She was frightened. And I said, Calm down, Granny. We'll just see who's at the door. It's, it's nothing to be too alarmed about. And I realized then that the, the days of knocking on those doors are over, that it's a new world that we live in, uh, that people aren't on their porch like they were when I grew up and when you grew up. It's a harder hurdle for us to cross. But it doesn't, it doesn't alleviate us of our responsibilities and our Christian duties. So I want to discuss the last 10 minutes that we've got here. What's going on in a nursing home? Yesterday we had a, a pretty good service, I thought. Uh, we had some folks there. Uh, as we said in those, I generally take very little part. I may say a prayer or what have you, uh, but generally they, they don't know what I'm doing. They may not even know who I am. And I sit in a corner, and I think about things. How can we do this better? Uh, what can we do that's more meaningful? That sort of issue. And as we've, we've done this, the one that I did miss, I wasn't able to go to the one before yesterday's. And I, the testimonies after that were phenomenal, that the Lord was moving in the nursing home, that people were testifying. Uh, they were asking for prayer, uh, and we were needed. If you step back and look what we've done inside the nursing home, the very, one of the very first things, we, when, when I first came to that, Brother Jim, they had put him off in, Brother Jim and Mark, put him off in kind of a side room. It's hard to explain, but in the way that nursing home's designed, some hallways lead to a corner, and they've made kind of a sitting room out of the corners there, and that's where they had him. It was a bizarre place to be. And it wasn't working right. So we started praying. I know I was. I know Jim and Mark was. And all of a sudden we were back in the uh, community room, which works out a lot better. Then we cut some flowers and we put them in a card. And there was a member of the General Baptist Church in every single room of that nursing home. I want you to think about that for a minute. We went as a group, room to room, knocking on doors. And we told them nothing more than who we were. And that we've got a flower and a card for you. Here you go. And the next service, the Lord brings his saved inside the nursing home together for praise and worship and a time of growth and togetherness and fellowship inside that nursing home. Brother Mark had prayed with some people and Brother Jim prayed last week. They were beginning to talk about us, that we were seeing them as people, not as forgotten members of society that are in a nursing home, that we didn't care what race or gender they were or economic situation, that we saw them as human beings and that we cared about them and loved them. And that love grew out of Christ's love for us and our love for him. And it, it came out of, rooted and grounded in our salvation 
that there was no entertainment, that we didn't bring them to a magic show, right? And then surprise them with Jesus at the end, because that's what are you doing when you do that? You're, you're dependent on your entertainment. So there's no absolutely zero entertainment value in what we're doing. But we really were who we said we were. And that goes a long way in evangelism, to be authentic Christians, that the church is reappearing inside Fairborn and inside that nursing home at the Green. Now, as a church... We did that, and we're working there. Now, you may not have been with us that day, but you have a role. You have a role. You may not have cut the flowers, and you may not have knocked on those doors in the room, and you may not even exactly know what nursing home I'm talking about. But if you've given money to this church, then you help pay for those flowers. And if you've prayed for our efforts, then you prayed for us before we spoke to each person in that nursing home. Your prayers were heard, I think, even before uh, the plan was formed. So we all have our work in evangelism. We all have a part to play uh, as the people of God. Now, everything I do may seem, if you're standing on the outside, a little haphazard, but I promise you there's a much larger picture in mind. I thought if we can learn from this nursing home ministry, then we can apply what we've learned there to Fairborn. If we can learn to get together inside the green, the what is it, the village at the green? If we can get together at the village at the green and get a plan working there, we can take what we've learned. It won't be uh, an exact replica, but it'll be a little micro experiment in the gospel to see people flourish and the people of God come together inside those walls. And we can apply it to the place where we lived, Fairborn. So as we think about this and you examine yourselves where you are in evangelism, I urge you to get involved. Uh, get involved where you can. Each one of us are called to different things. Pray for us. Uh, it'll cost a little bit of money. Uh, whatever it is, everybody has a role. Uh, if there's work, if there's hours you can give. I did notice yesterday, I'll say this, uh, with the previous service being so good, what was different between the two? And the answer is less mark in between. Less presence of our church in the halls. Now, Mark's sick. He's not, he's not falling down on the job. But if in this, as we move forward as a church, when one member is not able to, to go quite as far, then it's up to us to pick up the slack. Amen. We don't just drop the task. Uh, so we'll be in the nursing home a little bit more as Mark gets well. I will tell you, um, that we definitely need prayer. Uh, we need strength. There's a lot of ground to cover. It was, a, it was a healthy walk hitting each one of those rooms. Now, I'll also tell you, as we get closer to Easter, I'm going to ask you, uh, I believe the days of door knocking is over. Those are, are gone, but we are going to go door to door 
here this spring in a different form and fashion. Uh, so get your walking shoes ready. And if you can volunteer, volunteer. If you can't, please pray for us because uh, we're going to be seen and we're going to be active. See, those people didn't come to a church service because we gave them a flower. If it was that easy, uh, you know, we've been doing it a long time ago. They came because they saw us and we were there. The flower was just the reason we gave them to knock on their door. Uh, we didn't come empty-handed. So um, one of the things we'll do in the immediate future, uh, from here on out, and I'll, I'll tell you this, every, February, every Sunday in February, I'm going to tell you a little bit of a change we're going to have here at the church. And every Sunday morning, you'll get news of a, what I call a drastic change in position and focus uh, every Sunday morning. So this Sunday morning, we're going uh, to announce some changes to our lunch uh, schedule and purpose. I love the fact that we eat together after service. I really do love that. Uh, obviously, I love to eat, but I love to spend time uh, with the people of God. And that's the time we get to hear uh, about people's lives. It helps us bear one another's burdens, get to know one another, and build the love that we have here in our unity. Uh, after every Sunday, uh, the folks hit the kitchen, and they start to clean. And they gather up and pack up, and we divide the food that's left over because we don't want to waste any food. And we take it home. From here on out, we'll be taking no more food home but it will go out to the community. Now, you ask me how we're going to do that. I say, I, I don't know. But we, each one of us will leave with some food, and we'll decide the destination on where it's going because every home can use some food, right? And it's the reason that we'll give you to knock on that door. Now, I'm not talking about random strangers, but people you know inside your community or inside your family. Uh, that could use a couple meals for a week or so, or for a couple days during the week, and we'll send those leftovers to them via you. Now, with that in mind, uh, we'll start to change. Uh, we've been blessed throughout the uh, months. We've kind of been gathering up uh, some lunch meat, and that's where our focus is going to be. Uh, a lot of folks like lunch meat, so we're going to get that to them every Sunday. Uh, so every Sunday, our lunch will now include a soup and a sandwich. Uh, so kind of start thinking about that and be praying for that. Uh, we'll have soup and sandwiches, and then the leftover uh, sandwich meat and leftover soup will be sent out as a work of evangelism through the church. So to your neighbors, to your family. Also, uh, those of us that are bold in evangelism, it's time to take dead aim in broad daylight on our family members that we have here in the church. So when you raise your hand and ask uh, for prayer, for salvation, for lost loved ones, we are going to start coming for them. Uh, there's a difficulty. And the Bible talks about uh, the uh, prophet not being accepted in their hometown. There's a, there's a difficulty in witnessing to your own family. Because most of the time, they knew you way before you knew Christ. So they've, they've got a lot of things to say about what they think about you, right? 
Uh, I know my family's that way. They, I think most of them cringe when they see me coming. Um, so my ability to reach them, I, I argue, is not as good as someone else's ability to reach them for Christ. And since that is our purpose, and since that is all-consuming, we have to band together and do that together. Uh, so we'll be witnessing and purposefully knowing and being known uh, to your lost loved ones, those in the church that are bold in their evangelism. So here we come. Uh, pray for us. Amen. Uh, the last thing I'll tell you, and then we'll, we'll come together. Stand with me. <clears throat>